What you believe about yourself and your life is likely not based in reality, but in bullshit stories that you did not consent to, pieced together throughout your life with ideas offered to you from external sources. This podcast is here to help you recognize and dismantle those stories so you can reclaim your power and achieve what you want in life. Welcome to Yeah, I Made That Up with life and business coach, Kelly Jackson. I'm recording this today without a script, which is not what I normally do. Um, I do, however, have a book in front of me that I'm going to share a little bit of with you um, because I think it's important. Uh, I canceled my calls for this evening. It is Tuesday, May 3rd. Um, because I will be attending my local reproductive rights protest at the um, courthouse in Kansas City. And you will be listening to this on Wednesday, (laughs) at the very earliest, the day after the protest. And there was other content that was planned for today. And we'll get back to that. Talking about business, talking about direct sales, because, you know, that's, that's my jam. Um, however, what is also my jam is standing up for reproductive justice and, um, being very vocal about things that matter to me. Um, and throughout my direct sales career, I was told that I, I, I should shut the fuck up about politics because it would never result in a successful business. And turns out when you are showing up as authentically you, the people who resonate with you fucking come towards you. My business was wildly successful and I chose to expand upon it as a coach. And part of the reason it was wildly successful is because of the way I show up publicly for the things that I care about. Um, and abortion is one of those things. Abortion is healthcare. And what your beliefs are about abortion as they relate to any kind of philosophical, ideological, or religious, I don't know, viewpoint, I guess, from that perspective, is completely irrelevant. Um, I think it's so fascinating that a decision that the a right-wing component of the United States made in the 1970s to make abortion a fucking topic, make abortion a hot-button issue, is something that we are still dealing with today in 2022. It is absolutely absurd to me, but here we are. So we protest (laughs) when there is information that comes out of the Supreme Court that looks catastrophic. But I'm going to, I'm going to share some of this book with you. And it's written by a friend of mine, Amanda Kingsley. Um, she's Amanda, Amanda Star Kingsley um, on Instagram. And she is a life coach. She is specifically a life coach for those who have had abortions. And I'm going to read the back of this book to you. I'm going to read one of the... Um, 
I don't know, blurbs, I guess, from another coach that is a friend of mine. And then I'm going to read you one of the, one of the little, she calls them love notes. They're like little poems in here. Because I think that this does a really, a really good job of taking the sting out of the word abortion, um, which so many people have, which is just, just baffling to me. But anyway, the back of the book, it says, well, the book itself is called What I Wish, 100 Love Notes to Help You Survive, Come Alive, and Thrive After Abortion. And she calls them love notes. They are little poetic, poetic pieces that I absolutely love. I'm going to share one of them with you. But the back of the book says abortion happens. It always has, and it always will. At least one quarter of the people you know have personally experienced one or more abortions, and most of them remain silent. By the time abortion hits mainstream media, it's been distilled down to binary arguments and political debate. But for the average human, the experience of terminating a pregnancy is far more delicate and complex than anyone is revealing. People who choose abortion have uniquely dynamic lives. Their stories are heartbreaking and heartwarming, relatable and incomprehensible, unremarkable and inspiring. Abortion doesn't fit in any boxes. It's all the things. This book is the beginning of long overdue conversations that speak to the post-abortion experience. It welcomes the reader to receive and marinate in all the unspoken truths that lie beyond the abortion procedure. This collection of love notes takes into account the entire human experience and is inherently pro-abortion as a result of its pro-human lens. Its global wisdom breaks down walls that have kept far too many people isolated and disconnected. I'm not exactly sure who wrote that. It might have been Karen Thurston who wrote one of the blurbs, but it might have also been Amanda. Um, either way, it gives you an idea of what this book is. And um, the blurb on the inside that I'm going to read to you comes from Dr. Melissa Bird, who is another friend of mine who's a life coach. Meaning, purpose, gratitude. I devoured this book, not because I have had an abortion, but because I am infertile and never will. Amanda is giving us the book we have waited for since 1973. Her bravery and connection to the authentically real experiences of abortion is necessary if we are to protect the right, improve access, and move beyond the binary of the pro-choice, anti-choice narrative. I am so grateful for her work and her words. Read it and share it with all your friends. Which is what I'm doing. Um, because I love you. Um, the fact that abortion has become such a political topic without any regard to the actual humanity of those who choose abortion or those who don't is again it's just something that I cannot wrap my head around I mean I know I know the history I, <laughs> I know the history of where this where this political debate came from um which by the way I think is fucking gross um look it up if you are unfamiliar, it, it was in the 1970s where it became a hot button issue and nobody gave a shit until, until then. Um, 
In fact, if I remember correctly, the Catholic Church was even just like, whatever, until then. <laughs> and that just is astonishing to consider in relationship to where we are now. Um, but it's, it's become this really fascinating dichotomy of pro-choice and anti-choice or pro-forced birth and (laughs) anti-forced birth. Um, and people who consider themselves pro-life, which like, that's such a misnomer, but people who consider themselves pro-life only want the birth to take place and they don't want to support anything that comes after that. And it just boggles my mind. And this is a generality and, and, you know, an overstatement to be sure there, there may be some people who are like, I wish that abortions would not happen. And also I wish that mothers would have more support, you know, or whatever. Um, but if you actually want abortions to lessen, then what that means is offering far more access to reproductive health care, far more access to birth control, far more access to other forms of health care, but not making abortion illegal. Because unfortunately, what's going to happen is not that abortion is abortion rates are going to go down, but death rates are going to go up. People are still going to have abortions. You cannot actually get rid of abortion. You can only outlaw safe abortion. And like the fact that having such unsafe procedures is preferable in some people's brains, just, again, I just, I just, I just can't fucking wrap my head around it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I do have, I do have compassion and space for the notion that people who believe a fetus is a baby, people who believe that, you know, the conglomeration of cells at the beginning of a pregnancy is a human life, like people who believe that are fighting for what they believe. I do have compassion and space for that. But also that is a philosophical viewpoint. That is a religious viewpoint. And that's not what our laws are based on. And so to say that the law should be based on that viewpoint, which is disputed by so many, myself included, it just, it, it's not, <laughs> it's not what, it's not what our laws are based on. It, it's just not. And yet that's what it's coming to. And so I protest. I protest. Um, I used to, pre-pandemic, I used to uh, lobby as a volunteer with Planned Parenthood at the state level. I would go to my state capital, Jefferson City, Missouri, and lobby for reproductive health care, lobby for comprehensive sex education, um, lobby for things that would actually lessen the rate of abortion, and... Every single time I was there, I was met with such obstinance and such disdain by so many of the legislators. And again, it just, it just confuses the hell out of me because if what you want is to lessen the number of abortions, 
increasing access to reproductive health care and comprehensive sex education is the logical answer, like the one. <laughs> and so to say, no, we must not do that just doesn't, doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, so, okay. I said I was going to read you one of Amanda's love notes and, uh, it is pages 10 and 11. Um, if you buy her book, which you totally should do also follow her on Instagram. Also listen to her podcast. It is called speaking light into abortion. Um, it begins. Abortion is a choice of instinct. We choose abortions to be better parents to the children we have, to the children we want to have, to this home we call Earth, and this species with which we commune. Choice is how we care for ourselves, how we nurture our desires, tend to our bodies, and remain faithful to our hearts. We choose abortion in the interest of the highest good, and sometimes what's in the interest of the highest good doesn't feel easy at first. And some of these love notes, I mean, if you go through the book, there are 100 of them. Um, she posted some of them, if not all of them, it may have been all of them, I don't know, on her Instagram um, a while back. And they sort of became this book. And they go through every, every emotional experience of abortion because she brings humanity to the concept. She brings humanity to the concept of abortion, which is so often distilled away from the spiky word abortion. And when we bring humanity to any kind of topic, we're able to see the nuance in it, which is exactly what this book does. It shows you the nuance, it shows you the nuance of experience are there people who regret having an abortion? Sure. There are people who regret every single thing. But there are also so, so many people who do not. For whom abortion was the right choice for them in their lives. And they own that right choice. That's not to say that I believe that there is a right choice and a wrong choice in pretty much any circumstance. You get to decide what is right for you. Um, but not everyone who gets an abortion regrets it. Not everyone who gets an abortion has a big emotional experience. Some do, but not everyone does. And, you know, the people who claim falsely claim that abortion is unsafe or falsely claim that, you know, it'll ruin your emotional life or ruin your connection to your partner or ruin your connection to any future children or ruin your connection to whatever. Like all of that is nonsense. All of that is nonsense because you get to decide in every single moment how you want to show up to that moment. <laughs> and taking your past with you is not really an option. The only thing that you can take with you is what you make your past mean. And if you have regretted an abortion, that doesn't mean that you're always going to regret it. You can change your relationship to that. You don't have to. You can totally keep the regret if you want to. But just to the idea that there is no nuance. And so this one very specific topic has become such a, uh, 
I don't know, such a, such a fighting point. It just, it loses, it loses all humanity. It loses all humanity. And that's, that's where things get dangerous. Like when <laughs> the Supreme Court overturns certain laws that are not even laws, certain rulings that have implications even beyond the one topic. I mean, the implications of overturning Roe versus Wade is, is actually bigger than abortion itself, but we're going to keep it to abortion because that's the title of this podcast episode. (laughs) That's, that's where we're rambling today. Um, I, I also want to note this idea, um, where it says that the collection of love notes is inherently pro-abortion as it, as a result of its pro-human lens. And I think pro-abortion is, it's not very commonly used, first of all. Um, And I think that is because there's this idea by people who are anti-abortion that if you are pro-abortion, that means that you are advocating for everyone to use abortion as their one and only means of birth control. And if you get pregnant, holy shit, let's go get you an abortion down at the Planned Parenthood or wherever. And it's like this weird idea (laughs) where you get an abortion and you get an abortion and you get an abortion like Oprah style. And that is also fascinating to me. Um, I consider myself pro-abortion because I want abortion to be accessible and available in a safe way to anyone who needs or wants one, just like every other type of healthcare should be. Of course, that can get us into a different topic about healthcare in the United States um, as a generality, which I have all kinds of thoughts about. But abortion is healthcare. I am pro abortion. Because I am pro everyone having access to the healthcare that they need and want. And so I'm going to protest today. I'm going to protest. I canceled my calls. I'm going to protest because that is how I show up. That is how I show up as a person. That is how I show up as a woman. That is how I show up as an activist. And that's how I show up for my business, honestly. Like, there are things that I will fight for. There are things that I believe in to the point where I will fight for them. And I prioritize those things. I prioritize those fights. Um, and even calling it a fight, like that's, that's something that we can talk about on another podcast as well. But I, I fight for the things that I believe in. And my relationship to that fight has changed dramatically over the years because when I first entered this fight... I burnt myself out (laughs) um, and nearly tanked my business. Um, But I show up to the fight from a place of emotional resilience. I show up to the fight from a place of perseverance. I show up to the fight from a place of compassion and love. And that allows me to keep showing up for the fight. So... That's what I got. That's what I got. We are in a weird place right now. Um, 
I hope, I don't have a lot of faith that this will be true, but I hope that these leaked documents, or I guess this one leaked document is not going to come to fruition. But if it does, I'm still here for the fight. I'm here for the fight. So, uh, I don't really have a call to action for you today. I don't really have anything that I want you to specifically consider. Um, I just wanted to kind of talk about this. If you have seen my stories, you've probably seen a lot of uh, stuff about this. Resources and and other opinions. Um, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine as well. But... You know, I'm, I'm showing up for the fight. I'm doing, doing the thing that feels in integrity for myself. And I guess if anything, I can just invite you to do the same. So with that, I love you. And perhaps next week we will return to our regularly scheduled program and uh, talk more about business. But in the meantime... Show up to your business as authentically you and don't hide the things that might be a little spiky for some. I guess that's, I guess that's the message. That's the takeaway. (laughs) All right. I love you and I'll talk to you next week.